Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Take Two. We are still doing our congressional interviews. Thanks so much for listening. Joining me today is Glenn Wright, the Democrat running in District 3. Thanks so much for being with us. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, District 3, if you don't know, this is where John Curtis is currently serving. You are running uh, in this race. You're also serving on a city council right now. Tell us a little bit about yourself real quick for people who are just learning about Glenn Wright. Sure. I'm currently on the Summit County Council. I'm in my sixth and last year there. Uh, I have a long and varied history. I'm uh, one of the older candidates in the campaign right now. Uh, Vietnam veteran. Uh, I entered college in 1965, getting a degree in aeronautical engineering and joining Air Force ROTC. And since I passed the flight physical and the Air Force was kicking out 3,000 new pilots for Vietnam every year, they said, Cadet Wright, how would you like a scholarship? I said, sign me up. Sign me up. And I gave them uh, six years of my time to two years as uh, in combat in Vietnam War. I then later worked for 30 years as a safety engineer and manager for the Chubb Insurance Company in uh, Los Angeles, Boston, New Jersey. And the last 12 years of my professional life, I was in charge of all of our folks in Latin America. Traveled there two weeks a month for, for, for 12 years. A busy man. Well, thank you for your service. Uh, tell me why you wanted to run. Well, actually I didn't. I was recruited. Uh, the state Democratic Party uh, saw that I was retiring from the uh, county council and they had people out there beating the bushes to try see if they could get somebody to run for Congress and they finally came to me and said, yep, okay, I'll do it. Uh, there's a lot of issues. I'm sure you see it just in Summit County with growth and you're seeing what everyone's dealing with. Uh, across the state of Utah right now, what is the number one thing that you're hearing from Utah that say, this has to be fixed, what can you do about this? I think there's several issues uh, at the top three that I'm really talking about in my campaign. Number one, I think in everybody's mind is inflation in, in the economy. Uh, number two, I think uh, particularly important for the Wasatch Front and Utah in general is climate change. Uh, the effects on our water supply, on our snowpack and on uh, forest fires have been dramatic and they're only going to get worse until we correct our climate change issues and re reduce our carbon footprint. And I think the third issue re really came up after I was recruited to run, mm -hmm. and that's the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court. Let's start uh, with the Dobbs decision then. Uh, tell me what you think Congress can do about it and what needs to happen. Uh, well, Congress can essentially override the Dobbs decision by codifying the protections that women had previously under the Roe and Casey decisions. And I would do that if I was elected to Congress. I think. Do you think it's re realistic that Republicans and Democrats would agree on that and something could be codified? If the, if the I think if the Democrats maintain their control on the House and Senate, it can happen. I think it will happen. Um, I think uh, it will become very important for women and young families in Utah, depending on what happens in the Utah Supreme Court. I think the Supreme, you know, Utah Supreme Court can, can bail out our legislature on some of the bad decisions they've made on that particular issue uh, by uh, considering it their trigger law 
is unconstitutional. I think there's a reasonable chance of that, and in that case, maybe it won't have disastrous effects on the population of Utah. Let's talk a little bit. You see, we're talking about climate change and the environment. You see extremes in some state where California says after a certain year, they'll stop uh, selling any gas cars and it has to be electric. At mm -hmm. the same time, a week later, they're talking about shutting down the power because there's not enough power. Uh, there's yeah. concerns of fires. So sometimes the all or nothing doesn't work. What works in your mind as you sit down and talk to people about steps that we can take as a state and as sure. a nation in the right direction without being so extreme to one end or the other that it's just not realistic? Yeah, I, I think uh, the the mandates that California is putting in, they have the right idea, but I don't think they're necessary because the car companies have already said that they're going to be building ha half of their car, new cars are going to be electric by 2030 and, and virtually all of them by 2035. So putting in regulations for that is is not all that uh, productive. How are we going to uh, address the electrical supply issues, I think, is a, another issue. I think uh, you know, different states have different approaches to it, and California's going to have to solve their own problems on it. They have some power supply uh, issues there where they you know, have potential uh, brownouts. Uh, we have a much more secure system here in Utah uh, I'm on the board of the Community Renewable Energy Agency, and uh, we've been negotiating with Rocky Mountain Power mm -hmm. uh, to go to 100% renewable energy for 18 communities within Utah. But if you look closely at their integrated resource plan, their, their IRP, they come out with this every two years. Uh, they have some pretty concrete uh, plans on keeping our power supply both reliable and uh, reducing the carbon footprint. Uh, over the next couple of decades. In fact, their plans, if I remember correctly, take them from over 70% carbon-based fuels to under 30 by 2030, and down to almost nothing in the mid-40s. And uh, it certainly takes time. I was noticing there's a mine fire burning right now as we speak yes. uh, down at Price, and a lot of the coal that goes from there goes to the Hunter, and I think the Huntington mines in that direction. Yes. And so their power, if you have an electric car, comes from this mine that's currently burning. And so it's not something that happens overnight, and there's certainly sectors and pieces of the state yeah. where there's issues. I, I was just in Carbon County Friday, actually. I was at a UAC meeting in Bryce Canyon Tuesday through Thursday, and I drove up through Carbon and Emory County on Friday to talk to folks mm -hmm. about the uh, various issues, and I happened to be there when that uh, fire started. But I was also there talking about energy issues in, in Carbon and Emory County. And I got a tour of the Energy uh, Research Center in Emory County, uh, where they're gonna be doing research on molten salts that can be used in potential molten salt nuclear reactors, which I think will probably be the replacement for the, the two major power plants in, uh, in Emory County. Uh, and it, nuclear is controversial, but it really is the way of clean energy and enough energy if we want to be able to run the world on electricity. That's one of uh, several ways I think we can, that we can create carbon-free baseload power. Another one is there's the, the FORGE project, which is a, a, a DOE project that's being done down in uh, Beaver County now, which is a potential geothermal uh, project. I spoke with uh, the University of Utah professor who's running that project about six months, or about, about 12 months ago now, uh, as they were starting the pro process. Uh, they're drilling a bunch of uh, deep wells into hard rock and using fracking techniques to break up the rock and then potentially be able to put the water down through these uh, wells into, into the hot rocks, bring steam up and create uh, you know, 
energy through uh, steam generators. Uh, wow, interesting. Another carbon-free potential that uh, is relatively unique to Utah. We have some very good resources in Millard County. The professor there said we have gigawatt, potentially if it works out, it hasn't been proven yet, but if it works out, potentially gigawatts of uh, potential energy there. Exciting to think about. Uh, the here and now, though, you were down there when this uh, mine fire is burning. Is there concern for jobs and sustainability right now? Because this is what keeps the area Absolutely. alive. Absolutely. There is a major concern for, for jobs. And the transition from carbon-based fuels is a big controversial issue in carbon memory county. But a lot of the people I've talked to think that the nuclear power plants are the could be the, the saving grace to replace those jobs in, in, in those counties and really a vital, uh, a, a vital interest to everybody down there. Let's talk a little bit about the economy because inflation's on everyone's mind. I went to Costco today and I had baked potatoes on the list of what my husband wanted, russet potatoes, and a bag was almost $20, which is insane because that's one of the things that's always been dirt cheap. We're all seeing those prices yep. go up and you stop and think, do I really need those potatoes? Today I did not. And I'm sure that every family at every price point is making decisions where, can I afford this? Yep. Will this work for my family? And that's one of the reasons why we've seen, we, we saw gasoline prices spike and then start to come back down. Again, because people changed their, their driving habits, not only here, but everywhere in the world. And one of the issues we have to face as a long-term inflation issue is the price of oil and price of energy in general. And over the long term, if we change our, our transit and our housing, the way we heat our houses, to non-carbon sources of, of fuel, uh, particularly with electric vehicles, we can divorce ourselves from the worldwide price of oil. The U.S., uh, I've heard people say, oh, we should be energy uh, independent. Well, actually, we are. The U.S. is- We ship it out of the country is the problem. We, you know, we are a net exporter of carbon-based energy. We do import some, but that's basically because some of the uh, refineries on the Gulf Coast are set up for that type of fuel. Uh, but we are- And the uh, Gulf Coast is about to get smacked with a hurricane, yeah. a big one. So right. that always throws a wrench into the plans. Yeah. If you were um, elected to Congress, what could Congress do right now to really uh, make a change to help these inflationary prices, whether it's the gas pump or the grocery store? I think the biggest thing you know, for, for the longer term, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna affect it overnight, is continue to encourage the move to electric uh, transportation because that will as the demand for oil goes down in the world uh, the price of oil will come down because all of those other countries that are and, and our oil producers that are producing oil are going to meet competition each year. I have seen estimates that when we get to half of new cars are electric cars the price of oil could be in a 20 to $30 barrel range rather than the 80 to $100 barrel range. And that will help not only the electric vehicle users who are running very economical cars and everybody else. So that's one of the long-term things Long we Long-term, but not an instant fix. Yes. Uh, one thing that people are hoping will be an instant fix is student debt. Before we mm -hmm. let you go, sure. uh, is it fair when we're looking at uh, paying back debt of 10,000, some for 20,000, we're talking about people who mm -hmm. make 125,000 or even if you're married up to $250,000. First of all, is it fair? And second of all, does this fix the problem? Yeah. Is it fair? I guess uh, government, uh, you know, particularly what I've learned in, in local government and government everywhere sets priorities. 
what is our priority? Is, our, is one of our priorities to get student debt uh, under control for some of the, uh, the, the you know, people who are in student debt? We, we make economic choices in government all the time. Uh, three, four years ago, uh, Congress passed a massive tax cut, $2 trillion tax cut that mostly affected people that were in the uh, 5% and upper mm -hmm. uh, wage group. Yeah, if we can afford $2 trillion for the super wealthy, why can't we support uh, a little bit of a... Uh, uh, so you say it's a good decision? I think it's a reasonable decision. I wouldn't have done it exactly that way myself, but I'm not the president, and uh, I, I, I would have structured it significantly differently. Tell me how really quickly. We're sure. running out of time, but there's Absolutely. a lot of people at home saying, you know what, this just fixes it for this group of people, but then the next you know, realm of students comes up and the problem's back. Exactly, and that is exactly right. We have to do two things. Number one, we have to say, okay, you're only gonna be eligible for these student loans if the university you go to controls costs. One of the things we have to consider here in Utah, if you go back 40 or 50 years, the state was paying about, I think something like 40% of the cost of the university system in Utah. Mm -hmm. Now it's paying less than 10%. So all those student loans that have been uh, given out there have actually just subsidized uh, our state budget here in Utah. I think the other thing we can do is think about the, the high interest rates that some of these students were paying over, over a long period of time. I know people who took out $25,000 worth of loans and now have $80,000 worth of debt to pay off. If we're going to give out student loans, why shouldn't we be giving them out at the lowest rate possible? Uh, as in something like the 10-year treasury. The 20, you know. Yeah. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, where you stand, and how you would vote if you were in Congress, where do they go to find more information? Uh, my website is Glenn Wright for Utah Congressional District 3.com. Very and, good. Uh, there's a link on there to my Facebook page. And uh, I have a very good social media uh, manager out there who's doing all that type of work for me and I I am told I have a massive uh, appearance on TikTok. In TikTok? And, but, oh, excellent. But I can't tell you how to get there. <laughs> me either. I'm not on there either. I have to wait until someone shares it someplace else. Well, thank you so much for being here today and being part of the conversation. Pleasure being with you. Thank you.